Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. We're going to be turning to Colossians chapter 3 today, and uh, the title of the message this morning is Living Above While Still Below. Living Above While Still Below. Um, uh, Some of the themes that I kind of heard today in the service um, seeing God clearly. Uh, Zach said something about that, and Pastor Ken as well, and, and uh, seeing clearly, and that's kind of um, what uh, I believe that God wants us to, uh, to hear today. You know, one of the things that my uncle used to say is, uh, is new day, same stuff, except for he used a different word at the end there, so yeah, you can fill that in there. But, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, you know, every day is a new day, but we all got the same things that happen that kind of go over and over, things that we wish we can get over, things we can kind of push to the side. But a lot of times the stuff in life can get in the way of what God wants us to see. And today, um, I believe that I'm hoping that God will help us uh, to see those things today. So, uh, but as I mentioned, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. And to give you guys a little bit of context for where we're going today, um, Paul, he is writing to the church in Colossae. And uh, this church, he's never met them before. So he's writing to them. And there's a man named Epaphras who is a friend of Paul's who most likely was born again and stepped into the ministry from Paul. And uh, he is the person who has led these people to Jesus, and he's most likely the leader and the pastor of that church as well. Uh, Paul, he's currently in prison in Rome, and so Epaphras, is, uh, he went to go see Paul, and he's helping him out. You know, Paul is still working. He's still doing things even though he's in prison. He's still making sure that the church is going strong, still making sure that the gospel's being preached, and uh, Epaphras is going to go help him out. Well, while he's there, he wanted to let him know about some of the things that are going on in church there in in Colossae. And some of the things are good, but he's concerned about some of the things that are being taught, um, some dangerous teachings that are are being added to their faith. And uh, these, these people, Paul is wanting to call them out. He's wanting to call them on their stuff because, you know, it's 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 faith in Christ alone and nothing else added to it. But he was wanting, the, or, but, but that's what the people, they were teaching. And so that's kind of the direction that we're going and, uh, and what's happening there um, in this passage. And so uh, um, the, uh, the Christians there, they were confused and twisted up in some of the teachings that they were, they, they were wanting to add a little bit of nonsense to their faith. And Paul, he was like, no, that's, that's not what it is. And so he wanted to make sure that he was going to charge them on these things. You know, they were, they were telling them that they needed to, that they needed to, you know, it, it would be as if, you know, someone were to tell you, hey, faith in Christ, absolutely. But you also need to keep all the laws. You need to make sure that, that you are also, um, uh, you, know, you know, no more pork, no bacon. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Don't be messing with my pork chops, right? Okay. Don't, you know, you know, you got to keep all the festivals. You got to do all these things. And if you do all that, then you can be a Christian. And Paul was saying, no, that's wrong. And so um, 
Paul, he wanted to bring them back to the basic elementary principles of what it means to be a Christian. And to do that, he used some analogies. He used some some, some illustrations, and whenever you read, if you've read through the Bible enough, if you, then you would recognize some of these analogies. Let me, let me share some of them with you. One of them is old versus new. We understand old, we understand new. You know, when, we, you know, when, our, you know, when our clothes wear out, eventually we want to go shop for new ones. And, uh, and, and, and in that idea, he is helping them to know that as a Christian, as a believer, our old way of life is gone and we have a new life. And that new life is a new creation. God has made us brand new. We are born again. Okay, another is um, that when you come to Christ, also you get added to a body. You, you know, we, we understand, you know, we all have bodies. And that when you are born again, when you are saved, you are saved into a body, the body of Christ, with him being the head and us being the members of the body. That body of, the, that body of Christ is the church today. And there's other analogies that he uses, including things like adoption and family. Well, here in chapter 2, he uses another one. And the, 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 the analogy he's using here is death versus life. And he is wanting them to understand that in the same way that Jesus died, we too died with him. When he was buried, we too were buried with him. Our old way of life was buried with him. And when he was risen, we were raised to new life with him. Okay? And being raised with him, there's this new life that we have. Okay, the old life was buried. The old life is dead. We're dead to those things. But we are new to a brand new life with Jesus. Okay, we got that? Okay, so with that understanding, we get to chapter 3. Okay, so let's go ahead and pick up Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. It says this, If then... You have been raised with Christ, okay, being risen with him, the same concept, that if you have this new life, if you've been raised with him, he says this, to seek things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. We'll get to that later. Verse 4, when Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So what he's saying there that since we have a new life with Jesus, with Christ, that when we are raised with him, we have this brand new life. And now that we have it, this life, it is to be sought and to be found by looking above, to, for us to seek the things that are above. So uh, I did a little research. That word seek is the Greek word zeteo, which means to strive after or to pursue, to aim your life after. It's the same word that was used whenever Judas sought an opportunity to betray Jesus. He was looking for an opportunity. It's, it was what was on his mind. And when it tells us, when, when Paul is telling them and telling us to seek 
the things that are above. It is to pursue and to aim our life after things that are above. It means to pursue the new interests, the new desires that are in us because of our union with Jesus, our union with Christ. You know, when you become a believer, you've got new desires in you. You've got new interests. There are things that, that you want now that you didn't want before. There are things that you want more of now that you didn't care about before. And he's saying to pursue those things. It means for us to strive after the things that are spiritual, not only the things that are material. And it means for us to set and aim our life after the things that are eternal, not just the temporal. And since we've been raised with Christ, raised with Christ excuse me, since you are a new creation and a new being, then what we should pursue, what he was encouraging them is that the things that they are teaching you are things that are of value. Those things were pointing to Jesus in the first place. And when Jesus showed up, those things, they were unnecessary. Those things are for an old way of life. That's, they, they have no value, but the things that I'm encouraging you to pursue, these things have value. There are things that Paul in the Word of God is encouraging us that we should invest our lives in. That the things that are, that are from our past, the things that are of this world, while many are good, there is something to be said about investing the things that have value, not just for today, but for our future. Investing into material and temporal things are of little value for us today, while they are important. You know, there are things that we invest in today that are important. But there are things also that if we invest into today, will have great value for today, but even exponential value for our future with Christ. Amen? Amen. So, uh, I want to connect this real fast um, to one of the most, I would say, one of the most popular characters in the Old Testament named Moses. Um, Hebrews 11, verse 24 says this, By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, Choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater than wealth, or greater wealth than the than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. So Moses, uh, I don't want to assume that everybody you know has a good understanding of Moses. He was a Hebrew, meaning that he was born in Israel, but he was shipped off. He was not shipped off. He was put in a little basket, and um, and was picked up. Excuse me, completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, he uh, and and the Egyptian uh, 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 one of the the leaders in uh, Egypt in Egypt, excuse me, their daughter uh, found Moses and then raised him as an Egyptian. So this little boy turned up and turned into a man who who um, he was an Egyptian. That's what he knew, and he was one of the. He was in the greatest empire at that time and was in line to become one of the most powerful people in the world at that time. He had everything at his fingertips. Anything he ever wanted, he would have right there. He had everything. Yet, eventually, he would flee 
And then he would find God. And then God would use him and call him to, uh, uh, to call his people out of slavery and into all that God has for him. You see, he had everything. Yet, even though he did, the Bible says that he chose to what, he, what they call suffer affliction with the children of Israel rather than enjoy the temporal riches of Egypt and the passing pleasures of sin. He recognized that there was something better than what he had. And, you know, the people of Israel, they were complaining, like, you brought us out here in the wilderness for us to eat manna off the ground, and, you know, we had, be- you know, we had it better in Egypt. And Moses, if anybody knew how good it was, it would have been Moses. He knew how good it was, but he was not looking back at it saying, man, I wish I could go back. No. He, get, he, he was And he was furious with them because he realized that there was something better. And that better was in God, was in Christ. And it was pointing to a greater value for today that we have in Jesus. You see, through our faith in Christ, the Word of God encourages us to invest and pursue the things that are of greater value. He encourages us to pursue that which is spiritual, and including that which is eternal. And he tells us to do that. He shows us and tells us how to do that in verse 2. And he says that we do it by setting our minds on the things that are above. Okay? Now, what we think about the most consumes us the most. That is a very true principle, that what we choose to think about will consume us, and what we consume is eventually what we become. The question is, what are we thinking about? What are we consuming ourselves with? Okay, well, the Bible tells us this, that either we are doing one or two things. We are consuming, allowing uh, the, the, we are primarily consuming ourselves with things on the earth or things that are above, and what he's saying here is that when we do that, if we allow ourselves to be consumed with the things that are around us, then what we are left with are things like stress, fear, anxiety, depression, anger, regret, disappointment, greed, jealousy, discontentment. We could keep going on, but when we find ourselves stressed out and afraid and anxious and depressed, we have to take our step back and think, what am I thinking about? What am I consuming myself with? Versus, however, when we consume the things of God, we are left with peace. Come on, somebody. Couldn't we all use a little more peace? That when we consume the things of God, we are left with joy with more love in our home and in our relationships, with more grace, not just for us, but for us to show others, for kindness. We're left with kindness and patience, forgiveness, compassion, humility, contentment, thankfulness. These are all things, you know, we can all use a little more joy in our life. I know I, know I could. We could use a little more patience with people. We can be a little more forgiving, have a little more compassion, and a little more love. Amen? 
Paul is saying that it's impossible for us to get those results if the only thing we're thinking is, and the only thing that we're consuming is what is around us. But there's something about when we meditate and consume the things of God. It's important, and it's what God encourages us to, to do. And in fact, as, we, as, as I mentioned before, the Bible talks about us being dead. You know, we have to realize that when we come to Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus, there is a new reality on the inside of us. And that new reality calls us and beckons us to realize that in reality, we are dead to the old things. That those things, that they shouldn't impact us, they shouldn't influence us, although we know that they do. But when we give way to them, if it's what I'm consuming it will influence me. But whenever I meditate on the things of God, when I take some time, set some time aside to do that, there is something else that happens in our life. You see, the, the, uh, Paul, he said in verse 3 that our life is hidden in Christ. Man, this is so... It's, the Bible, you know, we can, we can just sit there and just look at every single word, but... but that word hidden in Christ is so important because it, it, what it means is that whenever God looks at you, if he just sees you, he sees, the, he sees the sin on our life. He sees nothing but just the sin because that, at the end of the day, is what God sees. But when we are in Christ, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees his son's blood that covers us. Amen? We are covered by him. Whenever God sees us, we are hidden in him. In that new life that we have, it says that it's in him. And the only way we can find it is by seeking it in him. Amen? The closer we get to Jesus, the more we understand the new life that we have in him. Amen? So, Paul says, the Word of God tells us to set our mind on things above. So what are those things above that we should be setting our minds on? Well, I'm going to list three things, and there may be more, but we're going to focus on three of them. Okay, number one is for us to set our minds, one is heaven. We should think about heaven, okay? As, as simple as it sounds, which the gospel is built on very simple truths, and they come in layers, you know? You know, whenever you're, you know, you've, you've heard the same thing preached before, but all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. Or when you're reading the Word of God and then, and then it comes to life. Simple concepts, but layer upon layer of profound truth. But heaven is where we're going. That is our eventual destination if our faith is in Christ. In fact, if you're here today and you have not placed your faith in Jesus, man, that can happen today. You can place your faith in Jesus, and when you do that, you will be born again, and your destination will be heaven. Amen? Amen. But that is a day where we will truly know God, and we will experience true joy. To imagine what that's like just seems almost impossible to imagine what that would be like. But thinking about heaven keeps things in perspective for us. It reminds us that while things in life that we have are important, there are also things that are even more important. 
There are, it reminds us that the stuff we have at the end of the day really is just stuff, right? You know, it's, it's, it's good to have and we should have them, but at the end of the day, there are things that matter as well that, that, that point us to where we're going. That's first thing. Number two, that we should think about the Word of God. We should think on the Word of God, but we should set some time aside to do that. You know, this is for where we are at today. The Word of God is meant to transform our life from the inside out today. It's meant to get inside of us and make us more like Him. We need the Word of God in our life. And you know, there's something about when we take time to think on the Word of God because it does more than just passing through our ears, but it's able to shift to our heart. Thinking on the Word of God. And number three, is the kingdom of God. For us to think, for us to set our minds on heaven, the Word of God, and the kingdom of God. Because at the end of the day, this is what matters. You know, we're not building our own kingdom. We're building God's kingdom. And God is not just called preachers. He's called His saints. He's called those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus to build His kingdom. And you know, this is, the kingdom of God is, is, is people being born again. It's the hungry being fed. You know, we show videos a lot of our, you know, the, you know, of our family in Kenya, of the feedings that happen every single week. And uh, I never get tired of them, and I'm sure you don't either, because it's a really big deal to those people who are getting their food out of the trash every day, that they know that when Saturday comes, Man, they're getting up and they know, man, I'm about to get me a big old fresh bowl of some cabbage and rice and beans. And they know that they're going to eat good. And that's one day that they know that if they don't find anything in the trash that day, it's going to be all good. And that's because of you. We're building the kingdom of God. It matters. It matters when we are feeding the hungry. It matters when we are clothing the naked. It matters when we are placing orphans in families. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about things that we're doing every single week. It matters when we are bringing clean water to communities. It matters when we're reaching the lost, when we're planting churches, raising up pastors, reconciling families. It matters. That is the kingdom of God. Amen? That is what we are doing is what we're called to do. And we are called to set our mind on those things for us to remember And we can just keep going on all those things, but there is something to be said about placing our mind and placing our thoughts and considering what it is that God is doing around the world. You see, there's a lot of stuff in life. There's a lot of things that happen. And, but when we set our minds on the things that are above rather than on earth, it puts life into perspective to remind us that there is something more. So there's three takeaways that we're going to walk away today with. Number one is we want to take some time. Let's take some time out of our days. Take some time. Create some space in our mind, number one, to set our minds on heaven. Let's take some time for us just to just to remember, for us to think about the destination where we're headed. Colossians chapter 3 in the New Living Translation says this. 
It's the same thing that we just read. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on, set your sights on the new realities of, on heaven, to set your eyes on heaven. For us to think about heaven, he's literally telling us, telling them and telling us to think about heaven. Now, I know that sounds an odd thing to do, but it is where we're going. It's the destination of where we're headed. And it, as I said before, it allows us to keep things in perspective. That while we are doing what we have to do, that at the end of the day, we don't hold too tightly to the stuff in life, right? You know, at the end of the day, stuff is stuff. And, and, it, and it also reminds us that Jesus is coming back soon. I love what he says here in verse 4, that when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, you, you will also appear with him in glory. Man, that is truth, that one day we're going to be caught up with him and we will be made perfect. No sin, no sign, no crime. That's crazy to think about. Man, I almost can't, can't even imagine it. But, but thinking about that does something for us. It does create a hope and an expectancy that God wants us to live with. And so this is something that we should set our minds on, that we should set our minds on heaven. Number two, a second takeaway is for us to meditate on the Word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. What he's talking about, what he's talking about meditating is the first five books in the Bible. He's encouraging Joshua to meditate on the Word of God and the same way for us to meditate on it. The word meditate means to murmur. It means to talk to yourself, to think, and to, and to speak it over your life. There's something about taking time to not only to read the Bible, but to think about it, to meditate on it. It, it shifts it from our minds to our hearts. It shifts it from our mind to our heart where it becomes real and we can live it and we can walk that out. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15 says, Practice these things and immerse yourself in them so that, you, so that all may see your progress. You know, man, when we get in the Word of God, man, people are going to see a difference in your life. Come on, somebody. Anybody know that's true? That when we allow the Word of God to get in us, it, it transforms you in a way that people see something different about you. And people will see your progress as we continue to, as we continue to, uh, to walk it out. And let me tell you that God has a pattern. And in that pattern includes us reading the Word of God and, and drawing near to Him. And let me tell you, the pattern works. The pattern works that when we follow Jesus, when we read the Word of God, we spend time praying and drawing close to Him, being in church. Let me tell you, it leads to us growing in Him. Everything that we're seeking for, it works. Let's meditate on the Word of God. And then number three, let us invest in things that matter. Let's take some time 
and make sure that we are investing in things that matter. You know, there, there, there are things that are important that we invest in. We invest into our families. You know, we invest into our jobs. You know, we invest into making sure that we uh, are, are raising our children right. We are making sure that we are taking care of our families. There are things that we, you know, we're investing into our marriage. We're investing into our relationships. And, they, and we should. The Word of God encourages us to do all those things. But we all should invest in things that matter. In Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus tells us what we should invest in. He says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. All these things he was talking about are the things that we worry about in life and making sure that we have all that we need. But God is saying that I will take care of you. And, and let me tell you, he will. He has. Has any church? Has he taken care of you? Has he provided for you? And when we seek first the kingdom of God, he's saying that that is what matters. You know, there is an eternal investment that is worth our time, that is worth our investment. And, you know, God, he is looking for us to get involved. And maybe you have been looking at trying to get involved more. Maybe you are wanting to do more. Maybe you have been talking about it. You've been thinking about it. Well, let me tell you, there is a place for you in God's kingdom. There is a place for you to put your hand to the plow, for you to offer your time, your money, your skills, your profession. All, whatever you have to offer, God will use. He will use it and more. And the things that we are investing in, we're investing into souls. Lives being changed, going from death to life. We're, in, we're looking at helping the needy. I mean, I mean, man, I just sit there and think about it sometimes. You know, these, you know, uh, Pastor, you know, you know, Bishop Steve and Nancy, man, we love you guys. Thank you for all that you are doing there in Giotto and, to, and, and all the people um, that you are reaching in, in, in El Bergen and around Kenya and also in, you know, in Nepal and in all these places in Thailand that we are reaching, the Philippines. You know, we're reaching people who, 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 I mean, the people in Kyoto live on a trash dump, and they're coming to Jesus, and they get to eat, and they're being put in families and homes, and I mean, that is the kingdom of God. That matters. We may never meet any of those people, but in heaven, we'll know them because of the investment that you are making. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to encourage you, Maybe you've been thinking about it. I want to encourage you to step in. Find your place and invest in something that matters. And we have a place for you to do that here. In the same way that we set aside to get our work done, we set aside to spend time with family, we set aside to make sure we go to the grocery store to get groceries, uh, to make sure that we um, have food on the table. Let us also take some time to invest into the kingdom of God. Amen? Let us take some time to think about and remind ourselves where we're headed. Let us take some time to spend in the word of God and to make sure that we are doing things that truly matter. And if we do that, then we will live our lives for things above while also still living here on earth below. Amen? Amen.
Listen, if you're here today, and, 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 and we're going to pray in just a moment, but if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you have not given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you that today is your day. Today, this can be your reality. And the Bible tells us this, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. It's a promise. It's a simple decision and a simple prayer that we can make. And it's nothing that we do in our own. The prayer that we pray is nothing special, but God transforms your heart, and he'll transform your life from the inside out. Amen? Can anybody attest to what God has done in your life? Amen? And that can be you. We're going to pray a prayer today. And right where you're at, I want us all just to take a second to bow our head and close our eyes. And if you are here today and you would like to be born again, we're going to pray this prayer today. And I want you to pray it in your heart. And I want you to mean it. And allow God to make you new. Let's pray. Everybody say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. And I open up my life, and I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, the Bible says that all of heaven, just like we were just celebrating, all of heaven is celebrating with you. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.